1: Arsenal take care of business against Chelsea and keep their Europa League hopes alive. Atletico Madrid beat Real Sociedad. This is also our Thursday preview, of course, as Manchester United host Liverpool. We got games in La Liga as Real Madrid visit Granada, DFB, Pokal and so much more. Jimmy Conrad with me. Que Golazo begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Que Go Jimmy Conrad with his new haircut. (laughs)
0: How are you, man? I'm feeling as guapo as ever, Luis. uh, Very excited to be here as always. So much to talk about. And as we get closer to the end of the season, a lot of drama is starting to happen in a lot of different leagues around Europe. So I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. Listen, everybody, we do this show every single weekday and it just makes it easier when I have Jimmy here because me and Jimmy, we just, we know each other's flow. We're like Mob Deep or Gangstar. We, we, know, we know how we're feeling. So it's so much easier for me to just ask him questions and just sit back. and
0: <laughs> Go. I'm like a little wind-up doll. You just just <laughs> me up in the back. Just go. And you just tell me. I need to talk for five minutes straight. <laughs> 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 <Got> it. <Right. laughs>
1: Love it. But anyway, welcome, everybody. We begin in the Premier League and Arsenal in a very George Graham way. Back in the day, Arsenal, uh, a one nothing victory against uh, Chelsea, a rotated Chelsea, but you know uh, somewhat negative performance from Arsenal, but fans of Arsenal won't care a damn bit. They win one nothing, three points and they hold their hopes of Europa League for next season. Uh is still alive, Jamie Conrad. What are your thoughts? Uh,
0: why you're just why would you they're giving them hope? That's the last thing <laughs> that Arsenal fans need at this point. They always have this, these, these really high expectations for what their club should be able to achieve, maybe not always looking realistically at what they have in front of them. And now you're giving them this false hope. Wait to way to I'm do that. I'm sorry. After. I'm sorry. But obviously, a, a good performance from them. This was not a result that I think any of us saw coming. I thought at the very least, maybe they could muster a draw, but I did not see them getting a win. And if Jorginho wasn't out there. Maybe they would have gotten that draw from Chelsea perspective. Jorginho, a nice job of uh, putting it on the wrong side of Kepa. Rule of thumb for everybody. When you're it back to your goalkeeper, you never play it into the middle of the goal just in case they actually went out wide to support the play. And that's exactly what happened. Kepa made a hell of a save on the goal line, by the he way. Did. But uh, he did. Bobby Yang, good composure. Smith Rowe, you know, way to follow up the play. Good, solid goal, way to take advantage, right? If you're a good team, you take advantage of mistakes by the other team, and that's what good teams do. So fair play to Arsenal for doing that and for being stout defensively, making it hard. And this was the big thing that we thought about. Let's talk about it in a bigger picture type of way, either for the FA Cup final this weekend for Leicester City, Chelsea, or for the Champions League final between Man City and Chelsea. If you scored first against Chelsea, which hasn't happened very often for other teams, they've only been down a total of 40 minutes outside of the West Brom game. Uh, of the other 24 games, Tuchel was in charge of 40 total minutes. They've been down a goal. This time they were now down a goal for 75 minutes. And it was a good exercise, I think, for both Leicester and City to take notes and see how much Chelsea struggle a bit when they're, they, when they're behind. Because now they have to get out of that shell, that defensive shell. And when you don't score first, it makes it a lot easier for them to do what they want to do. So lots to take away from on this. But yeah, fair play to Arsenal for getting a result.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, the statistics don't lie. Chelsea, nearly 70% of possession, almost 20 shots. They obviously control the whole game. They hit the crossbar twice. Giroud as well. Uh, Politic yeah. Politic yeah. got a goal called offside. There was just a lot going on, but it doesn't matter. Three points. And to your point, it means uh, a lot more for... Uh, you know, because obviously the Champions League, they still have a cushion, Chelsea in the Champions League, of course, uh, over West Ham. And they still have to focus for the final. They have to focus for the FA Cup and stuff. And I'm sure, you know, it's not going to be too alarming in terms of, you know, Champions League qualification for next season. But for Arsenal, I know, I know I was just giving them maybe blind hope, but <laughs> but they needed to win this. Uh, they, they, they needed to win this for so many reasons, I think, regardless of, you know, how late in the season it is, but I, I'll ask you this because it's a question from, cause we're answering questions today, everybody. Uh, so I'll ask you this asked, uh, by our friend, Brian, Brian B. Thanks so much for uh, listening, uh, Brian. Hi, Brian B. Hi, Brian B. Uh, he asks, uh, did that win just save Arteta's job, Jimmy?
0: Oh, wow. I, I think it will help if they finish strong. I think Arteta was safe regardless. That said, if they had continued a trend of let's say negativity that feels harsh but a, a trend of not playing to their potential because it's clear we can see the potential i was very happy to see that Aubameyang was starting and then you had you had smith Rowe, you had Odegaard and saka as that 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 really young attacking minded you know just boisterous creative three right behind bombing And I like that sitting in front of, well, it was El Nene today because Jacques is hurt and Partey. And then you got Tierney bombing on one side, and, and today it was holding, but sometimes it's Bellerin. I don't know if he'll be with the team next season. I kind of like their lineup today. When I looked at it, I'm like, that's probably the best lineup. If I was going to pick, that would be the 11 guys I would go with. And uh, they won. They beat Chelsea 1-0. So if they can continue that that feeling, that vibe, and win out, hopefully, these last three games. When they have three, they got two games left. And and finish strong. I think that's a, a good sign of continuing to give Arsenal fans false hope. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Brian, I'll just say this. I don't think Arteta's job was ever in jeopardy, no. to be honest with you. Uh, I, but I do think that it makes it a little less stressful. I think Arsenal have a task list way bigger than Arteta himself, to be perfectly honest. And they're going to try and uh, you know, correct that during the summer. So I, I don't think Arteta's job was ever in jeopardy. I do think that it becomes a little easier with this win. However, the season's not over and we'll have to see how they end up at the end of the of the campaign. But regardless, Arteta will be Arsenal's manager for next season is my humble opinion. All right, listen, I want to, let's ask a question. I want to answer another question because we're still in the Premier League mode here, Jimmy Conrad, mm-hmm. our friend uh, Ant, Ant FC. All right, up, Ant FC. Up, Ant? Hey Ant. So Ant asks, and this is something I brought up actually uh to you Jimmy and I think we talked about it for like a nanosecond but it's probably worth uh bringing up again. Why isn't Olegonaso this is what Ant's saying. Why isn't uh, Olegonaso getting more love for manager of the year? Not saying he should win, but his name never gets brought up and he improved the team so much from last year without a big investment in the past off season.
0: That's a good question. I mean, looking at the table now, they only have 5 losses this season, and that's tied with Man City for the least amount of losses. They are tied with Arsenal of all teams for the second best defense in the league. They're 12 goals behind uh Man City who who have the best defense in the league. I'm sorry, third best best defense in the league, Chelsea second. And they have done a lot of good things. They have the best or the second best goal difference, plus 30. They've done a lot of things well. I don't know. I don't know if he has It's like people there are certain players And people that they have to prove themselves for a season first or a couple seasons before they start to get that that recognition that they deserve some players get that right away they come in and that splash is immediate and then they're chasing that that high of being that player the rest of their careers because they can never match it i feel like ole gunner falls into the former camp where people are still like yeah but there's always a yeah but with ole gunner and we gave him a hard time too right i mean throughout this whole season we, we had a lot of yeah buts yeah they won but they're probably gonna lose the next one you know and that's kind of how it was he didn't really find that consistency and i think he has quietly put together a, a a season he should be proud of now if they can get that cherry on top of win the europa league final i know that doesn't play into being manager of the year for the premier league purposes but i think it would help bring a little bit more of that credibility and respectability that maybe let's say some of the voters would be looking for before they nominated him and to be honest, as much as Ole Gunnar sh- should be considered in some ways in the conversation, I just feel like Brendan Rodgers has done more with Les uh, at, at Leicester. I think David Moyes should be in the conversation with what he's done with West Ham. And, of course, if you're the champions, then Pep Guardiola should probably be in that conversation too. And Marcelo Bielsa. I mean, getting promoted and basically bringing most of his championship team up and not really making too many more additions and getting in the top half of the league should be something that should be warranted for uh, some consideration as well.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to add too much to that. I think your last point is really where I was going, to be honest with you. And I did bring up Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a few episodes ago, if you listened, uh, that he probably deserves a mention. I don't think he should win it, of course. And you are correct. I, this uh, campaign, he's done a lot with not really getting that much in, but they are still Manchester United. And they did bring in a lot of people. And Bruno Fernandes coming in midseason absolutely transformed this club. Completely, I think, or at least they became the catapult mm-hmm. for everything that was to come. But to your point, Jimmy, David Moyes, Brendan Rodgers, Pep Guardiola, of course, we just won the league, Marcelo Bielsa, I mean, there's an argument for many. He deserves a mention for sure, but... I think we have to just wait a little bit. Europa League final, you win it. Fantastic to your point. It doesn't add up to the Premier League. I think getting second is commendable. I think doing very well. You deserve a mention, definitely. But there are other managers, to your point, that have done way more with a squad. that really have, you know, Leicester City, from an economical, financial standpoint, has no right being in the Champions League spot. Mm -hmm. They just don't. And look look what he's doing. Look what Brendan Rodgers is doing. Beating, by the way, Manchester United just uh, recently, uh, albeit a rotated squad. So the good manager, Solskjaer. Sure, uh, I I don't think uh, he's manager of the year, but he's building something back again with United, and it's good to see.
0: Yeah, two more things I would add. One is this, the hype around Thomas Tuchel right now, right? Yep. I mean, people are throwing him into, the, into consideration. Look what he's done to transform Chelsea and really take a talented bunch of players and give them direction and a purpose and a style of play and a philosophy. He's so hot right now. He's so hot. And so I feel like, Ole Gunnar gets lost in that part of the conversation as well, because it's so tukul tukul tukul. And then if Man United had just been maybe clipping the heels and pushing City all the way to the end, then I think we'd be talking about Ole Gunnar a lot more. And we're just not. I think it's just kind of unlucky timing-wise. And he's just not as, I don't, I don't know. It's the way, he's not like a Mourinho brash where he's going to make it all about him. He seems really unassuming in a lot of different ways. And, and not to say that Pep and Tuchel do that, but it's hard because their tactics are so kind of in your face. So you, you have to ask them questions and their personality. He manages
1: the out. way that he played.
0: He did. He really is unassuming. I think that probably works against him.
1: Yeah, but he is a tremendous manager. No and question. I think uh, he's done tremendous things for United as they will continue to build. So, you know, he doesn't really deserve to mention, but not a winner for sure. All right. So that was uh, the Premier League. Let's keep moving here. Let's go to Serie A. <laughs> uh, for a second Jimmy crazy crazy Ju- Juventus uh take care of business against Sassuolo Cristiano Ronaldo he scored 100 goals in every league he has played including as well with Portugal and now he's done it with Juventus uh you know as they help as he helps Bianconetti win against Sassuolo which is a, an amazing achievement in itself
0: what I've I mean that's that's he's the first player to ever score 100 club goals in three different leagues and I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm surprised, but not surprised because of the way he approaches the game and how well he takes care of himself. Another fun stat that I have for you guys is that when he joined Juve, he had obviously zero goals for Juve. Paulo Dybala had 68 total goals for Juve. Today they both scored their 100th goal for Juve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of insane.
0: That's insane. So yeah. so Cristiano Ronaldo, different breed, man. And and fair play to him. They that was a must-win game. And I do want to give a shout out to Gigi Buffon, who started this one. He saved the penalty uh, before yeah, right. uh, Rabio scored. So, who will leave
1: at the end of the season? Yes,
0: that. he announced he's going to be done or retire. I don't know what he's planning on doing. He can do whatever he wants. He's Gigi Buffon. Yeah, but, he can
1: do anything.
0: Uh, but he he saved the penalty, and that just speaks to how that changed the game and the fortunes. And and we'll see. if we if if they end up getting in the top four that penalty save will be so important to kind of being a catalyst to them getting past Sassuolo, who were the hottest team over the last six games in Serie A. There's no other team that did better than them over like those 18 of available points. They got 16 out of 18 in the last six.
1: And so, you know, they play some great stuff Sassuolo as well. They
0: it's- do. And they're pushing for a conference league position, you know, so there's a lot going on with Sassuolo and, and Juve and that penalty save changed the tide of the game. So fair play to Buffon and for, for Juve to finishing that off and Cristiano scored a great goal and, and uh, that puts them in the conversation, though no, Atalanta won. So Atalanta are currently in second behind inter on 75 points. Milan won seven zero. They put a touchdown on the city. Everybody. R- R- Rabich had a had a hat-trick. Hey, so Jimmy,
1: they they did yeah, an Aston Villa. They scored seven goals.
0: <laughs> they're the one one of only two teams to, to score seven at home this season.
1: I think um, in Europe, I think. Yeah.
0: I think I think that's right. Milan so are on 75 points, and then Napoli are on 73 points. And so, and then Juve's on 72. In fifth
1: place, by the way, everybody. In fifth
0: fifth place. And then in sixth, Lazio scored a 95th-minute winner to to beat Parma 1-0. They're on 68 points with two games left to go. So they could theoretically, they're not mathematically out of the top four, but they could still catch Juve for fifth. Uh, it's, oh my God, Serie A's popping uh, off.
1: And by the, the way, Juventus's next game, Inter Milan at oh, home. I know they've right. won Scudetto, but Inter Milan is not going to want to do Juventus any favors, especially Antonio Conte, of course. And Milan yeah. plays Cagliari, yeah. which is a little bit more doable. And Atalanta visit Genoa. So, you know, plenty to play for. Plenty, plenty to
0: play for. And then also Atalanta play AC Milan the last day of the season. So they're going to drop <laughs> Ooh, points. Baby. Then uh, And then Napoli plays uh, Fiorentino away, and then they play Verona at home. And Napoli is the one I think they're going to have to really think about catching. But, wow, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, we talk about this because we complain for how many years? Oh, Serie A is boring. This Serie A season is ridiculous. Liga, ah, oh, Liga is boring. Same team wins there. This Liga season is ridiculous. La Liga, ah, oh, same two teams. these, what? It's all popping off right now. It's ridiculous, and, and I'm here for it. And why isn't the Bundesliga catching up? What are they doing over there? I know. I will say I, will say, I will say, though, outside of Bayern Munich, the top four race is very similar to Serie A. There's a lot of teams that could get in there.
1: No, absolutely right. And by the way, Serie A is going to be with CBS Sports next season. Uh, uh, and you, you you think it's exciting? We're adding Jose Mourinho to that now. Ah, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Listen, everybody. We are moving now to La Liga because Atletico Madrid just about gets it done when 2-1 against Real Sociedad. They were 2-0 up and Real Sociedad get a late goal. I mean, it was calamity all over as well. Atletico really <laughs> had to fight for this. But at the end of the game, the players are hugging each other as if they have won the league. And to be perfectly honest, you can't blame them because it's that big to get because destiny and the title is in their hands. They don't have to rely on anybody. And Atletico Madrid, after beating Real Sociedad, you know, is a major thing because now when you look at the table, they have 80 points, 80 points with two games to play. Barcelona with 76, and we're going to be previewing Real Madrid in a second. They have that game in hand with 75 points uh, on on Wednesday. But it's massive, Jimmy. Atletico Madrid, you know, regardless of how it was done, <laughs> they got the job done.
0: It's, uh, God, they make it hard. So, So Atletico Madrid, the biggest thing that they needed to do was score early. They needed to yeah. get that off their back. Set the tone. Yeah. Set the tone and then re- relax a little bit. And they scored, uh, Yana Carrasco scored a good goal, but that ball, by the way, he,
1: he is, totally is such a global. player, man. Like, he is or, a player. A
0: and, and I was nervous. And I think I've come on here before and talked about Atleti in the European competitions that when they start Saul and Coke in the middle of midfield, I just roll my eyes like, man, they are looking to play zero zero this game when those two guys are in because they have these other attacking players. They have Carrasco, they have Llorente, they have Correa, they have Joao Felix and Luis Suarez, but they never find room for those guys. It's always Saul and Coke in the middle of midfield. And, and I feel like that kind of hinders them from going forward in a more meaningful way. But that said, they, they did the business today. They got two goals in the first 30 minutes. Correa ended up scoring the second, and then they held on for dear life. They're at home. They had 34% possession at home. They got outshot. They the uh, Sociedad had, had uh more quarters, more shots on target. I it's so it's so atleti Diego Simeone to a tee. I, I, I mean imagine being at home and in a must-win game and you're letting the other team dictate the terms. It's really funny to me. But you know what? That's that's the Diego Simeone way, and and they got the result they needed to give up a late goal in the 83rd minute to Zubaldia, and they held on for dear life. It was squeaky bum time the rest of the game from there. But to your point you know it's in their hands it is 1000% in their hands and i know that real madrid have a tough they have to go away from home to play granada and i know we'll talk about that in a second but uh man it's 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 getting intense and then
1: well, the fact that it's in their hands is the major thing and i guess we can add harold's question here harold a listener thank you so much harold uh he asks if atleti ends up winning and they did because he asked this question before the game was over if atleti ends up winning this game uh, do they seal la liga jimmy
0: Given that they have, I had the lead in their last game. Excuse me. Sorry. They have two more games left. They got Osasuna. They have at Osasuna,
1: home. who and have then, nothing to play for.
0: And and, and, and the was, relegation
1: team in Valladolid.
0: I have a friend on Osasuna. He just scored this past weekend, Ante Budamir. Boom. But, yeah. So I'm always pulling for him because he played for uh, Mallorca last season. And so. So Osasuna is in the middle of the table and Real, uh, Real Valladolid is in the relegation zone. So you're right, because Huesca won today. They beat Athletic. I don't know how they did that, but they but they did. And that's a huge win for them. But but yeah, so there's a lot to play for in a lot of different ways. And I think Atleti are going to do it. Uh, but it seems like nobody wants to win La Liga this season. So they're all, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, you can do it. I know, you can do it. You can <laughs> do it. But we'll see. I think I think obviously knowing what happens with Real Madrid against Granada will really dictate what, you know, because Madrid's got a game in hand. They're five points back. If they don't win it or if it's just a draw, God, that takes so much pressure off Atleti and, and uh, they can play a lot more free. But they got, again, I think what really helped them today was scoring first. And if they can do that again, because if the other team scores first, I think they're going to play real tight and get nervous.
1: I just think that Diego Simeone needs to be screaming this every single minute now. This title is in your hands, Atletico Madrid. There, you We're not relying on anybody. So whatever you decide on the pitch, whatever pass you decide, whatever tackle you make, whatever call you 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 call for, it's in your hands. That's it. That's it. And because that, I'm going to put my trust in Cholo Simeone and feel that they're gonna do this because of that message. Mm-hmm. I mean, Simeone, he has to he has to like punch that message every single minute in training before a game. Like that's it. They need to do that. And I feel that they're gonna do it because Barcelona Uh, Tying 3-0 with Levante was just, you know, a complete, you know. It was a gift. Gift, absolutely. Uh, And uh, you just, you can, I know it's been like a hot potato league, like you said, nobody wants to win this. But this is it. Atletico Madrid, this is it. You can do this, especially because of the opposition that you have in your final games. I, I, I just, I don't see any other way.
0: To your point about Diego Simeone, you have to walk in there, and I'm sure he did in some capacity. Do you have the courage to go out there and win do you have, you know, will you go out there and make the plays or are you going to go out there and play nervous? I mean, I would rather go out there and play with as much confidence. And if things didn't go my way, it didn't go my way, but I would, and, and lose than to be scared and, and and hope that maybe things go my, you know, you just, that's why I was a little, little surprised that they conceded as much possession and yeah. chances as they did, because you could sense that now, some teams don't play well when they have something to lose as opposed to everything to gain. And, and right now, and we saw that, right. They got that big 12 point lead at the top of La Liga and all of a sudden like they're like, Oh crap. Can we hold on to this for the rest of the season? And they couldn't, they couldn't maintain. And that makes sense to a certain degree, but, but, um, it's just some of the, some of the results have been a little iffy and, and the
1: performances. <laughs> you could say that.
0: Yeah. Performances have been, playing more like they had something to lose as opposed to everything to gain. And if they can somehow just regain that for 180 minutes, that's all. They can just figure it out and see this out for 180 minutes They're going to be champions for the first time since 2013, 2014.
1: Absolutely. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are ready to preview Wednesday's action, including, hey, guess what? Manchester United comes back to play again as they face Liverpool, DFB, Pocal, and so much more. Stay right here. Que golazo. We'll be right
0: back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: So listeners, we've reached that point of the year where there's a lot, a lot of sports going on at once, which is why we wanted to tell you about the CBS Sports app and how it's not just the best scoring app for your phone, but it's also where you get breaking news, alerts, stories by us, standing schedules, team pages, and all the sportsy digital stuff you are used to. And of course, if a game is airing on CBS, that means it's streaming on the CBS Sports app. Easy, right? It's a fantastic app. Please check it out. CBS Sports App. Hey everybody, welcome back to Kig or our Wednesday preview. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy Liverpool might not get Champions League next season. They can still maybe do something about it. It's not, it's not in their hands. They have to rely on other folks. But this game against Manchester United is a must. When? Talk to me.
0: Yeah, welcome to Manchester United Week on the Golasso Podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about them a lot because we have to. They're playing every two days. <laughs> uh, we're going to see a lot of changes. I think the big, big news is that Harry Maguire is going to be out for this one. It looks like he might miss the Europa League final. And he might even miss the Euros.
1: Yeah, Euros is a doubt. Europa League is a major doubt. Definitely not against Liverpool.
0: That is, That is not a good sign for Manchester United. When I look at this from a betting perspective, I'm already thinking, all right, both teams are scoring this because Harry Maguire gives you a better chance, at least. He's a lot more steady. I just think they're so comfortable with how he moves and how he, he leads, right? He's the captain of the team. So that's going to be a big loss. It'll be up to Baye now to step up, or Tuanzebe if they want to give him a chance next to Lindelof to make that happen. So very curious to see how that's going to look and, and who uh, Ole Gunnar elects to start. But I think outside of that one, I think Baye starts, Lindelof... You're going to see all the usual suspects that didn't play against Leicester playing against Liverpool. And, and people were trying to stoke the fire with Jurgen Klopp recently in a press conference about this game. And he's like, what do you want? He actually defended Ole Gunner. What do you want him to do? You know, he's got four games in seven days. It's ridiculous. Of course, I would do the same exact thing as him. So I really appreciate Jurgen Klopp for not taking that bait. He did uh, do the uh,
1: same thing. He, 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 <laughs> exactly. he put out the other 23s against... Uh, uh- That's right. Against Villa, right? Way back. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, we put the under twenty fifth. I mean, two seasons ago is what happened. Oh, that, that ah, that's, well, right.
0: that's it's, right. It's
1: it's completely uh, it's completely understandable. Absolutely. Carry on.
0: No, no, no. So I just I, I just appreciate Jurgen Klopp um, amongst a lot of the managers these days who I think are getting better at this and kind of being a little bit having a little bit more fun, but just are so sensible in their answers and not taking this debate. So I really appreciated that and and because uh, he could have easily doubled down and like. Added right. to the rivalry and all this crap, but but I thought that was a cool cool take by him and a, and a lot of respect. I like
1: though. I think he was asked also. Do you think that Phillips and Williams can handle uh, the game against Manchester United? And Klopp was like, "Yeah,", <laughs> and, that, <laughs> yeah. and that was it. It was like, what, what's he gonna say?" No, uh, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love those those obvious questions. It's it's. Uh, I don't know what do people you do think you, you can win, Jurgen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but with regard to this game, obviously, both teams will have. You know, relatively rested players because Man United rested so many against Leicester. But I do think that loss of Maguire does impact the team.
1: It's Indeed. huge, also because he was playing every minute before that. It wasn't was so was. it's a big deal,
0: yeah. So, so this is actually, I guess, if you're going to have an ankle injury before a big final, you might as well. It's better to have it now, so or an injury of any kind, so that you know, the player that could replace you will have three or four games to kind you know, of
1: good point from an from a, from a manager's is, perspective. Yeah.
0: Yeah. from a manager's perspective, like a silver lining perspective from a team, there's, it's, there's nothing really riding on these games other than kind of ruining Liverpool's party. So, and I think they're, this is going to be a good one. I kind of, I don't know why I have two, two in my mind. I think Cavani, oh, you have a draw. Most, most law could score. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be interesting uh, how this game's going to go. I mean, you can talk me out of it for sure, but that was kind of my initial gut feeling. Yeah, I'll, I'll
1: be perfectly honest; I haven't even thought about this game until we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that you're you're mentioning a few things, especially obviously the Harry Maguire thing is a big deal. It's very difficult for me to think that Liverpool's going to lose this. I don't think they're going. I'm not saying they're going to win. So, to mm-hmm. your point about a draw. I just feel that it's so important for Liverpool to get something out of this uh, that I think that it's going to be enough for them to at least get a point, whether they win or not. I don't know. As we keep talking, maybe maybe that can help out a little bit. They literally, Jürgen Klopp's, you know, one of the things that I talked about Atlético Madrid was like Simeone needs to tell his team, listen, it's in your hands, it's in your hands. Jürgen Klopp has to say the same message, but with a different sort of narrative. It's not in your hands, but you can still do something about it. So, you know, do the best that you can, get anything out of this game and play hard. My only issue is the same issue that's been going on all season for Liverpool, which is defensively, they, they do have this knack of maybe conceding a goal, especially against big teams. So that could happen. So your high scoring draw, actually, the more I talk about it, the more I believe it as well.
0: That's, it's it's possible. I do think that Cavani's in great form. He's got eight goals in his last eight games. And three of those games, he came off the bench as a sub, you know? I mean, it wasn't like he's getting like a ton of minutes. I mean, he's really making the most of his minutes right now. Bruno
1: Fernandes is relatively fresh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He only got 12 minutes against Leicester. uh, Which is great for him. Yeah. So when I look at the last couple of results though, for, for Liverpool, you know, they've, they haven't lost in, in, in quite some time. They're, they're, They seem to have kind of found their form. Arsenal did them an an amazing favor today because yeah, huge. Chelsea are on 64 points, 36 games played. Liverpool played 34 and on 57 points. If if Liverpool win those two that they have in in hand, they're only one point behind Chelsea with two games to go. And as I mentioned, just my
1: point about
0: yeah, exactly. You
1: need to take something out of it no matter what.
0: So I do think Liverpool is going to solidify and get in the Europa League at the very minimum, but this, uh, to get in the top four would be, they need, they need some help of course. And, and, uh, yeah, they're going to have to win out. They're going to have to win out.
1: Cause then after this, they go West Brom and then they have Liverpool. I mean, uh, Burnley. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously take your foot off the pedal, but they're more doable matches. Obviously this to them. it's like this is the final if we're
0: climbing
1: climbing a mountain this is the hardest rock to climb and after this it becomes a little bit easier so they they need to go all out i think mohammed salah is going to put on a show i don't know why i think that i yeah
0: yeah no you're right when you when you pose it like that i it does make me want to lean towards liverpool a little bit more um statistically from a betting perspective there have been over two and a half goals scored in eight of Man United's last nine home games in the Premier League, and uh, but Man United are undefeated in nine of their last ten home matches against Liverpool in all competitions.
1: But Liverpool haven't lost con- consecutive games against Man United in all competitions since a run of four. I know, I know. So, stupid
0: stats like get you in circles, man. You know, but because um, we could build. But, but I, I
1: do, ever. I do believe though that the one that you just said about United and at home is probably more important because it gives them more of a consistent basis definitely recently so i think the fact that they're at home will help them i oh god this is hard i i like so, a, i like a high scoring draw what, what is that
0: a high scoring draw uh if you say if you say over two and a half goals and both teams draw that's plus 850 which is uh-huh. that's the highest one you can get there's a couple that i when i when I, we have trouble different like Predicting what we think the score is going to be, I try to find different exotic bets. Most Salah to get over one shot on targets plus one twenty.
1: Oh come on, obviously. Yeah, I know
0: I know. there's some bets. Sometimes you and I talk about it. We go on William Hill. I'm like, dude, these, the, we we're they're, they're they're printing money for us. I mean, this is like one the shot out. on
1: target from Mohamed oh. Salah when there's no oh, Harry Maguire. Like
0: over over one shot on target, so he's got to get two shots on target. Okay,
1: but, um, I'm still giving the same reaction.
0: I get plus one twenty. I like Fabinho to get a yellow plus two thirty, you know, just trying to track Bruno Fernandez around. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people you can get for yellows, but I like the Fabinho one. I thought that was the best value plus two thirty. Uh and then, and then of course, anytime you're talking about Manchester United and Bruno Fernandez, you gotta bring up penalties. If the penalty is called, it's plus one sixty-three. If a penalty is called and scored, it's plus two ten.
1: <laughs> From anybody. Yes, anybody. I, that that can definitely happen.
0: I know it can happen, especially with young center backs for Liverpool, because we, be, we know it's going to be called in favor of Manchester United.
1: There's some good ones here. There's some good ones here. So every time we tell you the same thing, this is your money, everybody, but we're giving you some good this is just tips some things
0: to consider. If you yeah. want to, I mean, that the game's going to be good anyway, but if you want to add a little juice to it, you know, we're never going to say no to...
1: Absolutely.
0: Help, help All right, well, so give
1: me going. your final score prediction.
0: You know what? I'm, I'll stay with a 2-2. Uh, the draw straight up. It's a coin flip, ultimately. Uh, Man United to win straight-ups, plus 185. The draw is plus 265. Liverpool to win is plus 135. Mm. So so just betting one of those or putting it in a parlay, if you're feeling that, is something to consider. What I All really right. like, though, just for fun, I'll do um, both teams to score and the draw is plus 320.
1: That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty but good. If,
0: but if you're feeling a little something, you want to take a swing, like Mohamed of score, Liverpool to win both teams to score, plus 450. I think both teams will score. It's just a matter of how you want to package it because yeah. to your point, Liverpool has been a little leaky without Harry Maguire. I think I just don't see a clean sheet without that guy on the team. I think that Baye and Lindelof are prone to make mistakes and maybe as a partnership, maybe even more, I don't know. So, so I do think there'll be some opportunities for both teams just a matter of who can bury their, their chances.
1: So, so I'm always agreeing with you. I'm going to try and make it a little more. I'll, I'll probably say, win. I'm going to say a Liverpool two, one win. It'll right. be, it'll be one all for a long time. And then Salah will get the winner.
0: All right. Liverpool, Liverpool to win, both teams to score, plus two seventy-five.
1: See, not bad. So you know, do your thing, everybody. Let's see what you have. All right, listen very quickly. Aston Villa plays Everton as well. I mean, you know, one has still Europa League hopes. The other one. you know, just wants to be in that top half of the table, which,
0: which <laughs> I, I love think, that. I love but that.
1: I think that's commendable, to be honest with you. We, we, we escaped relegation by the skin of our teeth last season. The fact, if we end up in the top half, I'll be very happy boy. This is also, by the way, the game that Jack Grealish might come back. I don't think he will start. Dean Smith said in his press conference, I, are you telling me, are you asking me if, if I think he's, 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 he's good enough, is fit enough to start. I'm saying no, but I think that he could be in the squad. So take that with what you will, but you know, the oldest uh, fixture in, in the history of, uh, of this top flight in, in England is playing once again, Villa these, against. These guys,
0: they played like 10 days ago, 11 yeah. days ago.
1: And Villa won. That's uh, right. So uh, I, I think like it'll Al-Ghazi be uh, scored late, right? He did. And I think it'll be a similar story. I think it'll be, no, I'm not saying, I don't know yet if Villa will win. I'll, I'm obviously hoping that that happens, but in terms of this fixture, it could be tied again, maybe even a draw, but I don't know yet.
0: So, Everton's only defeat in the last six was at home to Villa. However, I just feel like they should be confident of picking up three points in midweek, given their form away from Goodison Park this season. Only Manchester City and Manchester United have picked up more points in away league matches than Everton in the Premier League this season.
1: There's no Oli Watkins, too, by the way. He's suspended. Yeah. So that's that's a big deal. By the way, I bet on Bertrand Traore to score, Jimmy. What is that?
0: I'll find that for you. I Bertrand uh,
1: Traore.
0: Listen if, to this. Maybe maybe to score first, because Aston Villa have taken the lead in each of their last five matches. Yeah. In, including the in games against Liverpool, Man City, and Manchester United, but only won once. Interesting. So that is interesting. Um, Just,
1: you know, Keenan Davis will probably start up front. He's more of a hold-up guy, uh, and I think the wingers will come in more centrally. Bertrand Traore is perfectly fit to maybe get something here just ah, like you wow. open the score against liverpool what, what do you have there
0: oh man sorry i'm looking at the it's another coin flip so bertrand Troyori to score to score it's plus 275 anytime
1: it's not bad to score anytime that's great
0: that's great that's good value for there i would say and you know that team a lot more intimately than probably the rest of us me sitting here and everybody listening um to score first that's a great stat that they scored first in five consecutive games including some big, big dogs. Yeah, we
1: go out guns blazing and then we invite teams in sometimes. So, so, you know. So
0: I'm kind of looking at El Ghazi to score first, plus that's 500. Also,
1: that's also a very good possibility.
0: Plus 500 to score first. Either, uh, Tri-
1: either winger either winger are our most potent scoring threats because Tri- Watkins is out and and now you have to rely main, mainly on the width.
0: Traore to score first is plus 800. <laughs> I mean, you know. OK, how about this, though? To come from behind and draw for Everton, since Aston Villa does like to score first, uh, plus 550. These are all very good. Or, or if you want come from behind and win or draw, plus 400. Yeah, I'd look at that one a lot.
1: These are all very good. So again, you have plenty.
0: That's, that's for Everton, though.
1: You, yeah, yeah. I know. You have plenty to take from everybody. Uh, all right, let's move on because we still have a few more games to talk about. What do you want to go? The DFB-Pokal or do you want to talk? Yeah, yeah. No-
0: let's do a little DFB-Pokal final. RB Leipzig versus Borussia Dortmund. This is a big trophy for either team. Edin Terzic, the interim, who's going to then hand the reins over to Marco Rose from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Or Julian Nagelsmann before he leaves and takes over Bayern Munich and takes uh, Upamecano with him. So... Yeah, there's a lot here, and I think there's a lot to play for. I thought Jaden Sancho was very good in the past week. Um, he scored a couple goals. Uh, Gia Reyna's back on the team. Uh, Erling Holland started training this week. He'd missed against RB Leipzig. They just played this weekend, but Jaden Sancho scored a couple when they played him earlier this season. Uh, Erling Holland had a brace. They just kind of have RB Leipzig's number, to be honest. And with a healthy Jaden Sancho. And an early in Holland with a trophy on the line. Gio Reyna starting to find his form. Marco Roy staying healthy. Bellingham, who we enjoy, was out because of a red card over the weekend. He's back in the team. He covers so yeah. much ground. What a, what a top young player. Really, it's going to come down to, when we kind of say this, it, but in this particular game, Akanji and Hummels, uh, the center backs, and Emery Chan, who sits in front of the back four, they're not the fastest guys. And so if RB Leipzig can somehow take advantage of that, and pull them out of position. The recovery speed is is not good. And Guerrero on the left side for Brucey Dortmund likes to bomb forward. And that, I feel like isolates uh, Hummels a lot in 1v1 situations. And also Bellingham's got to be over there to cover as well. But Berkey, Gulachi in goal for RB Leipzig, Berkey for Dortmund. The, one of those guys, whoever's going to stand on their head and make those saves, probably be the one that ends up seeing it through. I like, I like, because Erling Hollins had some time off, and I know he's nursing an injury, but just having that rest overall. I like him to show up in spades. I think it's important for him and his and his legacy, and I'm sure he's already thinking about his legacy, to win trophies. And not to say yeah. that the other players aren't. I'm not taking anything away from all the other players who want the same thing. But Erling Holland just has that juice where he can turn a game all by himself. So I like him to score, Dortmund to win, and uh, both teams to score plus 450. Ooh. But I also like Dortmund, just, just to leave the goal scores out of it, Dortmund to win both teams to score. I could see like a two, one here. The last time they played was a three, two this weekend and uh three, one uh, earlier. So they've scored against each other. There's a lot of goals when you, there will
1: definitely be a lot of goals in this.
0: So that's kind of what I'm looking at with regard to that, but I can look at some value for you. I just didn't know what you wanted.
1: No, no. I like that. I actually want to keep moving because that's uh that's pretty okay. good. But we want to keep, we, we want to keep feeding the Kegolaso animal. So let's talk <laughs> Real Madrid for a second. Let's do it. Uh, Real Madrid have a game on Wednesday. Uh, what do you have for me?
0: Well, it's Granada. So as we know, Granada were the darlings, the Cinderella of the Europa yep. League. Qualified Away at Europe. Granada, right, yeah. They qualified for the Europa League for the first time in their in their history, two seasons after they were in the second division in, in Spain, which is ridiculous. So Diego Martinez deserves a lot of credit and respect. And we'll see if he makes a big, a jump to a bigger club at some point. Granada also beat Barcelona recently, which really kind of Barcelona had it in their hands and they blew it and started with Granada. They should have won that game. They had a ton of, you know, and Barcelona should have won this weekend too. So they're pretty good at that. This one in particular, uh, Granada are missing a lot of players and and, well, arguably so are Real Madrid. It's it's tough. Granada have lost three out of the last four, uh, which is a shame because they're in danger of kind of having this magical season kind of not feel great at the end. And they failed to keep a clean sheet in their last 11 games. Madrid, on the other hand, are unbeaten in their last 14 or 15 La Liga games. Um, they, they continue to figure out ways to, to win. That's very kind of the Madrid way, especially the uh, recent times. Uh, but they've only won one of their last five in all competitions. And they need these three points to keep them in the title equation. And I think they will because that's what, that's what Madrid does. Because Jimmy, a, a, a if, core just, sorry
1: ahead. to interrupt, but if Real Madrid lose or draw... We could have a new champion in La Liga on Sunday.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: So they need—they definitely need to wait and yeah. keep it going. All right. So what do you have?
0: So Real Madrid, sorry, are undefeated in their last 15. I didn't know if it was 14 or 15. It's 15. They have won their last 11 matches against Granada in all competitions. Uh, so they just maybe this is the team that they feel comfortable against, and we'll see which version of Granada show up. Maybe. They'll have a Levante-type performance where they're really tough. And, and even though if they're up 2-0, they can come back. I like Madrid to do it. Uh, I, It's tough. I'm just trying to decide whether it's going to be tight because Madrid's, Madrid has been pretty good defensively this season. I don't think they get enough credit for that, to, especially because of all the injuries that they've had. But they've been pretty good on the defensive side of the ball.
1: No Mendy anymore. Though.
0: That's true. No Mendy and, and still dealing with some other injuries. It just depends. I'm kind of leaning towards either a two-one Madrid or a one-zero. I, I just I, I was kind going of wanted 2-1. to get your uh, your thoughts first. I was going two-one
1: because Granada is a very good team that likes to, you know, g- again very well managed tactically that they, they can maybe get something out of it, a, a goal perhaps. But Real Madrid will will I think will probably go even with a two-nothing lead and then just probably slow down in the latter stages, but still get that victory. Karim Benzema uh, will probably show up big one more time.
0: Yeah, so let me look at the Kareem Benzema stuff. I was just trying to decide do I go over two and a half goals or I look at both teams to score? Benzema is, to a score anytime, minus 162. Yeah, so don't worry
1: you. about Benzema.
0: But Benzema to score first plus 210.
1: Okay, there's, that's there's better.
0: Something there to to look at. I think uh let me look at the over two and a half goals so everybody knows. Real Madrid to win in over two and a half goals is plus one oh one, which isn't great. I mean it. It's better than negative but you bet 100 to win 101. not that much fun Real Madrid to win an under two and a half goals so you had one zero and two zero that's plus 280 the draw at under two and a half is the third favorite plus 460. nobody ha- they don't have Granada winning at all plus one thousand plus 1100 for them to yeah. do anything I it's tough I I let me see really quick on just the clean sheet stuff because to keep a clean sheet Madrid is plus 105 Granada is plus 600. Um if you want Benzema to score Real Madrid to win both teams to score plus 300 but but I actually don't mind this match result both teams to score so Madrid to score excuse me Madrid to win both teams to score plus 195 it's tough this is a tough one for me
1: yeah no it's, it's it's tough but I think your point about Real Madrid doing well defensively undefeated against this team for a while undefeated overall 2-1 I think and I don't I don't think they want to lose or draw and then hand the title to atleti as easy as that
0: yeah i'm looking here real madrid actually have the best defense in the league no i'm sorry (laughs) atleti have 23 against sorry i saw that right 23 goals against madrid though real madrid are 26 goals against so as much as we like oh diego simeone defensive god i mean madrid's right behind him it's not they're not too far off. That's pretty impressive, actually. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Madrid to win to nil. It's plus 130. So like all they that. do is win to like 102. doesn't matter. Plus 130. That's probably what I'd lean on. Not, not the most exciting bet of all time, but that one feels the safest.
1: I like that. And that was our Thursday preview. Jimmy Conrad, before we say goodbye, final
0: thoughts. I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: man. We got big games this weekend. The weekend preview is going to be popping off. I'm here for it. And I'm glad I'm doing it with you, Luis Miguel.
1: Absolutely. And don't forget, by the way, we have our weekend preview coming out at the end of the week as well. Right is this? Is this Tuesday or Wednesday? Well, when people hear it, when people hear this episode, it will be Thursday morning. Uh, Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday morning. But when you hear this uh, later on as well, Friday morning, we'll have our weekend preview for our entire weekend. We lose track of days here, it. everybody. It, all,
0: it, feels, it feels like Christmas every day, Luis, because exactly. we have great games coming, Fast and Furious.
1: Absolutely. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Que Golazo Pod. Listen to us on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating and review. We're on Stitcher, YouTube, CBSports.com, and so much more. Thank you once again and have a great, great day.